Your band sounds great, but how does it look? No one knows if you're in the dark. Light up your gigs with Chauvet DJ. Chauvet DJ is the brand of affordable and easy-to-use entertainment lighting that can help your band rise above the competition with great-looking and dynamic visual stage looks. From pack-and-go lighting systems that set up and tear down in seconds to Bluetooth-enabled lighting, with the touch of a button or step on a foot pedal, Chauvet DJ has your gig lighting covered. You rock the gig, Chauvet DJ will make sure the crowd sees you do it. Rock in the spotlight with Chauvet DJ. Learn more at ChauvetDJ.com. That's C-H-A-U-V-E-T-D-J.com. And that's why I'm not allowed back at NAMM. What's up, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. Here in Greensboro, North Carolina, and not at NAMM, Dan Ray. Neither of us are at NAMM, you guys. Zero of we, us. We wanted to be. That being said, um, my uh, one of our guitar players, uh, John, works for Orange Amplifiers, and I'm getting really, really unfortunate texts from him. Um, I'm just not very pleased with, so... That is what it is, but uh, that make you that make a, you jealous. That make you want oh to yeah. Be there? He sent me like a very pointy, very pink headless uh, guitar um, that I would love to uh, to see in person. And he's like, "You should be here." And I'm like, mm. "Thank you. I know that." Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, all gear porn aside, I did, you know, I did actually pick up that uh that G seven oh seven Roland guitar. It is ugly, so good. It is very ugly, and it is ugly in lots of ways. It was, um, it's not a, it's not a great story. The the gentleman who owned it um, suffered uh, an injury and mm. had nerve damage and cannot play anymore. Um, but it's very apparent that it hasn't been played, and it's in very, very, very rough shape. So, I'm gonna have to um, get some quotes. I'm gonna have to get it looked at, and I'm gonna have to make some decisions on whether I want to put money into this thing or if I need to go ahead and just send it on its way. Which is very unfortunate. I was really hoping um, to have something that I could work with, but uh, it became very apparent once uh, I saw it that that was not going to be the case. Yeah. Yeah. At minimum, it needs a couple of frets replaced. Um, At maximum, one of my guitar guys said, yeah, those things are notorious for having bad uh, truss rods, and I'm really just dreading the, the notion of that. That's pretty serious surgery. But you know these are the these are the role these are the uh the risks you take in the gear world. I I got it for what would be a uh, an insane deal. Um and if I can get it up and running, I could I could spend what I paid for it putting it back into the guitar and still make money on it, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. That's good. But we'll see. That's good. I mean, speaking of gear risks, yeah. um a device got announced, a new modeler for us guitarists called the yeah. Neural Quad Core, which is a um, Neural is a company that's made guitar plugins for software, for v- VST plugins. Yes. Um, and really, really, really good ones, very well regarded ones. Uh, pretty heavily on the metal side, but um, but still quite well regarded. And they, they are bringing out this hardware thing. They pre-announced it coming up into NAM and did pre-sales on it. And uh, it doesn't ship till September, but uh, my money has me in line for one. Um, it is a, um, if it's what they, if it, it can be about 80% of what they say it is and still be pretty staggering, um, and potentially replace both the Helix LT and the voice life three that I travel with, 
um, which would be a major step forward in terms of gear size. And, yeah. um, and it's hard in terms of hardware, it's the most powerful modeler, uh, about almost set on the market. It's not on the market, notably, um, right. the, the ones, the demos that they have at NAM this week have like two presets on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, that's, that's how far away they are from having the software done, but you know, it's a fully refundable deposit to get into line. And, um, so I thought, why not? Yeah. I wasn't particularly moved. Um, I like where I'm at, but as things kind of progress, I, you know, I think that if could I, change. If I had invested in an HX stomp, I would probably not be drawn to it at all. But um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. And and to be, if I'm being perfectly transparent, I have uh, intentionally not really dove into it too much because I don't. I like liking my stomp. I don't want to not like it. <laughs> Come up against its limitations and be annoyed. Yeah. yeah, and I, I'm not really having that issue. You know, we um we played two gigs this past weekend, and um I used the Helix for one and the Stomp for the other, mm-hmm. and um was perfectly pleased in both scenarios. Cool. We can we can do a bit of a recap um on those. You know, we did the um the uh, Laugh Tracks Fanny Packs event oh, yeah. on Friday. How'd that go? So the um the capacity for that room was based on the configuration we had was set at 280 uh, tickets. And we sold 216. Okay. Um, that also didn't account for the roughly 30 comps that we had between the three um, the three parties that mm-hmm. were putting the event on. And it was um, it was interesting. There's definitely I think there's some there there, but um, some stuff we, we we definitely have talked about tweaking some things and you know if we were to try it again. And I think they're open to the idea that we would we would definitely tweak some things. Um, the comedian thing is just a bit tricky. It's something that, um, we've never, we've never dealt with before. And, um, you know, just, just some stuff we've got to sort out. But, so um, what was the format? You, you'd go for 20 minutes and then a community would do a set. No, we ended up using them as kind of like an opening act. Uh So they, they started the whole event off and then we did about 45 minutes to an hour of, uh, comedy. And then we went out and played for about 90 minutes. I see. And that was one of the things that we were considering as far as like switching it up would be to maybe do it kind of house band style, but there's some logistical things that we would have to do, like maybe shorten the sets. Sure. So it's not painfully, you know, just like six people standing on stage staring at, you know, the audience. <laughs> but, you know, we're open We're open to trying it again because it went fairly well. Good. Everybody made some money and uh, that's all we were really looking for. The um, the The other night, the night after that, we did a, a private event uh, in a very odd room for a surprise birthday party, which went great. The client was great. The space was kind of interesting as far as its configuration and setup. Um, but the event coordinator was a total just rock star. We loved her. Mm. She was fantastic. Um, we have definitely made some contacts about working with her specifically because we just liked her. Um but we had some issues with the fact that we didn't have um we didn't have a stage and when we don't have a stage we have a female lead singer and people just feel entitled to tell her to do things hmm. in ways that she they we the rest of us don't get bothered um and that's just kind of annoying um and it's something that we've got to figure out and we we need to be a bit more stringent about um setting up some kind of barrier between us and the audience in those situations even if it's just a you know psychological barrier. Right. Now, let's back up though because that was supposed to be the gig that I wasn't playing. Oh, yeah. 
So here's the here's the story behind that one. So on Friday, as we were loading in to the um to the gig, I had already packed my bags. I was ready to go on this trip with my son. Um, it was a scouting trip to uh to some caves in Alabama. Um, I got an email that said uh because of the weather because we did have some storms blow through right, uh, in right. the south. Um, they we are canceling the trip, and so they canceled the trip at three thirty on Friday. We were supposed to leave at like nine a.m. on Saturday. So not a lot of notice, yeah. but um, I called my son, be like, "Hey, here's here's a heads up." But um, then I, th- after I called my nine year old to make sure he wasn't completely crushed, I called the guy who was subbing for me and I said, "Hey, man, um, here's the situation. Um, I'm perfectly fine doing whatever it is you feel comfortable with me doing, even if that means that I sit at home." And he said, "No, you know, there's some things that I'm not 100 percent on, and it would be nice to um, to have somebody just to kind of lean on." So that's what we did. And I, um, I played, I basically backed up, uh, him as a sub in my own band. And other than feeling completely out of my skin, <laughs> um, being in the back, I was literally behind everybody, um, next to the drum riser. Um, it, the show went well, everybody was very pleased and, and that was that. And we'll Good. definitely be working with him in the future. Good. And so you have um, confidence in him being, being that front yes. person in your stead other times. Yes. And I, I didn't want to put pressure on him to have me there. I was very like, I was very cognizant of the idea that like me calling him and saying, Hey, I'm coming to this gig would impress upon him that I didn't trust, trust him. So I made, I made it very clear that I, I would be open to doing whatever he thinks was right. But I think in his case, um, he, he didn't mind having a bit of a, um, a bit of, you know, somebody to back him up in the event that something went wrong. And nothing, yeah, speaks well, terribly wrong. Speaks well to his yeah. confidence. I like that. Yeah, and I was able to kind of bail him out on, on a couple of things, but real small things that he would have been able to figure out on his own. So awesome. So that was that. How about you? I've done nothing. You, you playing him? <laughs> Let's see. I think since we last spoke, I did um, a karaoke. The first one with the rule sheet, and um, the people were remarkably well behaved. I don't oh. know if it's related. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's just one. That's one epi- That's one episode. That's one. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, uh, one, you one have data, to see if, one it, data if point. it carries completely. Maybe there just wasn't any b holes at your show that week. Entirely likely. Although I will say the density of b holes prior to that was um, high. But yeah. but uh, um, who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I did. I did think I saw at one point somebody pressuring someone to sing, and then nothing came of it. So. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they saw my thing. Maybe they decided to be a good human without it. I, I don't know. I don't know. But who's to say? It was a good night. I had a good time. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So I don't know if this is going to be a regular thing, but I've I feel like at this point there's some things that like I uh, <laughs> I've got a rant, and this is the second rant in a in a row. It's a running rant. But, um, Let's hear it. Yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily a, it's going to be a permanent fixture of the, uh, Look, it might be a 2020 show, thing. It might go. be, it's the new year. It's a new rant. Yeah. So here's, here's what I want to talk about before we get into what we, um, what we sent out on the Facebook group and all of that jazz. So, um, for those of you who have not been paying attention and if you haven't good for you, um, the 2020 class of the rock and roll hall of fame was announced this week. Uh, and those uh, who are going to be inducted are as follows. Depeche Mode, the Doobie Brothers, Whitney Houston, Nine Inch Nails, 
The Notorious B.I.G. and T-Rex. Hmm. With John Landau and Irving Azoff uh, getting the industry uh, sides. Now, um, for... I don't know how everybody else's Facebook feed was looking, but mine was uh, very aggravated at the announcement. Um, there were definitely some other acts that were in the running that did not get nominated. Um, I would say the one that, that if anyone was a snub, um, Soundgarden didn't get picked. Hmm. And I think that that's a bit unfortunate. And I do have um, I do have a friend who actually worked with Soundgarden and was very close to Chris Cornell, who was particularly crushed. And I feel completely I, I sympathize with him specifically because um, Chris Cornell was his friend. And something very terrible happened, and he would really love if he got the recognition that he very rightly deserves. However, I wasn't getting as much of that. I was getting more of the, what are Whitney Houston and the the Notorious B.I.G. doing in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? And while I can definitely see how that is um, a valid question, I don't think it really matters. And here's why. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is not a governing body. <laughs> it's not run by uh, by the government. There's not, you know, necessarily any sort of vetting process outside of the fact that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is an institution that was created and now has a space where they exhibit things. But it I mean, is it's not, not even it's not even run by the elders of rock and roll. No, it is not. It is run by business people. Yeah. Yeah. So the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame specifically is a business making venture, um, or a money making venture. Maybe they make businesses. I don't know. I don't know those guys. Anyway, um, the people who were like, "Well, what is? Why would they not? Why would they pick these people over these people?" And I think the question is very easy to answer. It's because of money. So here's the thing. If um if Motorhead does not get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, how many people are not going to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because Motorhead is not in there? And it's kind of hard to answer a double negative question. But I mean, if you're look if you're looking at this, it's Depeche Mode, Doobie Brothers, Nine Inch Nails, T Rex. Um, I think that really covers the old white guy demographic. <laughs> <laughs> and if we're being perfectly honest, the vast majority of the inductees of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame fit the old white guy demographic. And let's get one thing straight. I got nothing against old white guys. I will be one very soon. Um, I know lots of them. But I think the fact of the matter is, is that uh, th- the inductees that they selected or the ones that they quote unquote snubbed are not going to bring more middle-aged white guys through the doors of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. So, um, them picking artists like Whitney Houston and the Notorious B.A.G. and past ones like, um, I think they did uh, Grandmaster Flash previously, I think Run DMC's in there. Um, What they are trying to do is they're trying to widen their audience away from old white dudes. And uh, that is what they have kind of put their, um, that's what they've banked on. And that is what they are doing. And that is a thing that in the last few years, just demographically, old white dudes do not cotton well to. No, because up until this point, everything has been for them. And they haven't known it. No. 
but now that they <laughs> now that it it isn't, you know, they're starting they're starting to pick up on it. They are. And it's not like they don't have oh, I don't know, everything else going for right. them. Right. But uh in this case, you know, two artists that they don't normally listen to got inducted over some artist and I there's plenty of people who are not listening to Thin Lizzy and Motorhead. Um and I love Thin Lizzy and I love Motorhead, but I'm not going here's the here's I guess this is this is where the rubber meets the road with me. Have you ever been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Dan? I have not. Okay. I went once, I was like fifteen years old. Will I go back? Probably. Um at some point I will be in in Cleveland and I will darken its door just specifically for the fact that it's there. Um, the thing that I really find kind of interesting slash annoying slash whatever is people who have never been to the rock and roll hall of fame acting like the rock and roll hall of fame owes them something Yeah, when they don't, they owe nobody anything. They are a completely independent, you know, sentient organization. They can do whatever they want to do. It is really weird. The amount of ownership people feel, over the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It really is, um, I don't know. I mean, it, it tells you how people, how invested people are in rock and roll as a genre, I guess. And then, you know, how much they feel they need to gatekeep it. Um, yep. That's weird. It's weird. So, uh, you know, I posted this on my personal page and, um, you know, the, I got some people who were like, yes, I agree. Some people, um, you know, thought that it was quote unquote wrong um, or they should change the name of the museum, which makes no sense. Um, but if you, somebody, my, my, one of my friends wrote quite succinctly, hip hop is not rock and roll. So I was like, okay, let's look up what rock and roll means. So here is Wikipedia's official definition of what rock and roll is. Rock and roll, often written as rock and roll, rock and roll, or rock and roll. Now, those are all spelled differently, but you can't see that. But I felt like reading it that way because nice. I figured that it was It's be, really, yeah, you would we're professionals. It. Yeah. Rock and roll is a genre of popular, popular music that originated and evolved in the United States during the late 40s and early 50s from the musical styles such as gospel, jump blues, jazz, boogie woogie, rhythm and blues, and country music. That's it. That's that it? seems pretty open to me. Yeah. Other than the era, 40s and 50s. But I mean, uh, for musical styles such as gospel, jump blues, jazz, boogie woogie, rhythm and blues, country music, hmm. that covers a lot of ground. It does. And I would argue that um, there's a fair amount of hip hop that is being released right now that um, evolved from gospel, jump blues, jazz, boogie woogie, oh, and R&B. In its origins, hip hop evolved from soul and gospel. Yeah. Right at its heart. It's, that was the stuff that was getting sampled to make the first hip hop. Yep. So. So that's that's all I feel about it. I I think the the main thing is this. Um, it doesn't really matter. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame can put O.J. Simpson in there. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. It doesn't. It doesn't. You're and you and you can't expect an organization that you don't put any money towards to bow to your requests, demands, wishes, hopes, and dreams. It's just not feasible. Yeah. And, and even, if, even if they stand up a, pop, uh, a um, hall of fame to your very favorite thing in the world, you still don't own it. Right. 
And that's the other thing, in that, you know, if people didn't get inducted, there's a whole fan section that you could have voted for that um, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. If you cared, where were you? Yeah. So, <laughs> in closing, who cares? Yeah. I don't. And you shouldn't either. Don't be silly and do not be silly. Also that. Yeah. All right. Rant, rant over. Rant over. Time for ad. It takes a lot of work to get people to a gig. When they do show up, make sure they can see you. Put your band in the spotlight with Chauvet DJ. Entertainment lighting that is affordable, reliable, easy to use, and set up and tear down. But most of all, Chauvet DJ is the brand of entertainment lighting that creates better audience experiences at your gigs by adding dynamic visual looks and moods to perfectly suit the music you're playing. Imagine dramatic color changes, dynamic strobes and chases, and even blackouts at the end of songs. All possible with just a step on a foot pedal or the touch of a button on a mobile device using Chauvet DJ's Bluetooth or DMX technology. Being in a cover band is a performing art that uses audio and visual production. So don't rock in the dark. Set your band apart from the competition with professional lighting you can load right into your car along with all your other gear. Small effort, big results. Don't just rock. Rock in the spotlight with Chauvet DJ. Learn more at ChauvetDJ.com. And we're back. And we're back. No better way to end a rant than with the idea of some lights shining on it. Indeed. And um, our good friends at Chevy DJ have been posting pretty heavily at the old NAM show. Of course they have. I'm excited to see what they have new. Yep. They're apparently announcing some stuff. And um, I'm not going to act like we have an inside track because we totally don't. I'm sure it's cool. <laughs> we haven't even had new copy from them in <laughs> how many nope. months? Yeah. And yeah. I, you know, we need to, we need to get that renewal check, but we do. And you know what, actually we should, um, see if he can give us new copy about what's new coming out at NAM. Yeah. I think that would be a great opportunity to do that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, maybe this time next year we'll be at NAM, and we'll, we'll be making fun, tasty content. For yeah. Everybody. Or summer. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you might be able to make it summer NAM. I'm definitely. Well, out, summer after. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. All right. All right, so back on track. Yeah, so I had this idea. Um, you did this afternoon, actually at lunch, and um, the idea was um, that I don't think we've talked about setless design as a as an art form, at least not recently. Yeah, we've referred to it in passing as something of a uh, a dark art, but not really like dug into the actual <sighs> like meat and potatoes of it as you are, as you will. And I want to say we maybe did an episode on it, like in the single digits of episodes. But yeah. that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago, friends. That was a long time ago. So I just thought, let's revisit the lost art uh, in some quarters <laughs> of setless design. So do you, Adam, um, you prepare a whole show in advance because you've got a whole series of tracks that you're organizing and planning out and sequencing, right? Correct. So we do a full, I mean, when we make, when we, we make setless, we make, um, we'll do our list longer typically than the time that we have allotted. Yep. And then that gives us the ability to kind of like make critical decisions towards the end of our sets or gives us the opportunity to kind of read the room and go, man, let's go to the next one. Right. Um, but yes, we are very much a, the set list is set probably weeks in advance before we ever step foot on stage. Yeah. Yeah. For us, I'll often make it, 
a day or two in advance, especially if there's something new going into it. And I'll, I'll flag that for the guys. And then, um, we play it somewhat by ear during the show, especially skips. We'll, we'll, we don't pull in audibles all that often. Sure. Um, but we, we do, we do skip and I, I do build the show about how five or six songs longer than the time. Something like that. Yeah. Yep. So, um, I have a theory. I have a theory that I want to lay on you about set list design energy. So the important thing about a set is that it tells a story. A set's got to have a beginning, middle and an end, and it's got to go somewhere and it's got to end up somewhere. And, um, and it's got to start where it starts. So a a first set starts in a different place than a second set and a very different place than a third set. Right. But they all need to tell the same general story. And in my view, that story should be W shaped. Okay. What I mean by that is you want to come out strong, start big energy, and then, you know, sort of chill a little bit, get a little bit chilled out and then build the energy toward the middle or late middle of the set. Take another breather and then end strong. So up, down, up, down, up. Yeah. W shaped. The exception being the first set I'm okay with you ending I'm okay with you coming in a little bit soft sure um I like to have options about that actually like if if we need to if if there's if we're playing a bar and it's already pretty raucous and bumping in there you got to come out hard and get everybody's attention but indeed if you're you know in a lot of cases we start with kind of uh, two or three thinkers um we'll start the show by passing the lead singing around I have three lead singers and so we'll pass it around in the first uh, a few songs kind of introduce everybody and then start to ramp toward the middle of the W. Um, let's see. It's good. Obviously. I mean, I, I say, obviously it may not be obvious to everyone. Um, as little time as you can spend between songs, the better, including perhaps zero time. If you can pull that off. Yes. Silence is bad. Silence is bad. Um, to the point that we now have, <laughs> we now have an item on our set list called, um, I stole this from the car talk guys, shameless commerce where okay. the band sort of does a blues jam. While I introduce the fact that there are shirts in this bin and they are pay what you want and help yourself. And here's the bin. And I sort of walk around the room with the wireless mic and play with, you know, the fact that you can buy things. And, um, but we've got a whole, part of the show designed around that with it. We call shameless commerce. That's, yeah. you know, musical, not, not dead air that we're filling. Um, we typically do that. Ah, it's, we're loose about that. We look around the room at when it's full and there's energy to introduce okay. the merch. Very nice. So then the other thing to think about is set closers. Yep. I feel you should close a set strong, a lot of energy Indeed. and especially with something catchy. So we end our first set Recently, it's been Sympathy for the Devil. Okay. And our second set closer is a show closer, too. Our typical three-hour show, we only do two sets. Um, But we close our show most times with Purple Rain. And that's the only slow song we do. And it leaves them singing the... that Everybody walks out singing that. Yeah. Um, So I think closers need to be catchy and leave people humming them through the break or as they leave the place. And... um, so that's my theory. That's my theory. The W theory. The W theory of setlist design. Okay. And 
So then the thought was, why don't we just see what people are doing out there in terms of set lists? Why don't we ask for people to send in recent set lists and we can just take a look at them, see what we think, yep. give us give our feedback, give our thoughts, you know, hold them up against the W, see if my theory holds water. Um, yeah. You know, like that. So we got, what did we get? Half we a dozen? A something yeah. like that? And I think we, we um, you know, I, I think what we got was a bit of a, a great illustration of the variety of the people who um who check us out and who uh who listen to us so um there was a bit of a um bit of a spread Mm -hmm. and so we could do this a couple of different ways um i do want to make a couple of honorable mentions i think um seth from party cannon who was a part of our band coaching um has by far one of the funnest looking set lists i want to play that set list it looks like a blast yeah no 100 percent. and um i would say it it is very it, it's so unique that we didn't have anything comparable to uh, compare it to. So I would say for this one, um, maybe we need to table uh, Seth's for this week. Um, the ones that I really we ended up with a, a with multiple '90s band set lists. Yep. So I think we'll go ahead and, and make this um, set list Doctor '90s edition. Okay, I like it. Uh, the two that we are going to be working with are, um, let's see here. We got Adam Runnels, who is with the Buzzworthies. I believe they are out of, uh, they're out of Chicago. And our second one comes from Jason Nunnally, uh, who is a regular contributor to the group and his group. I don't believe we have a name for it. No, I don't think so. It is not in here. So we are going to be talking to this week about um, Adam and Jason's current setups. So let's dig right into it. Yep. Who should we start with? Let's start with Adam because um, my name is Adam and it's my show. I like it. So I can do that. I like it. So the Buzzworthies are um, billing themselves as Chicago's greatest up and coming most faithful 90s cover band. Huh. And uh, clearly, users of Band Helper by the going by the yep. s- screenshot we have here. Yeah. Well, it looks like it was just one of those contextual copy and paste. It's right. actually you can edit it and stuff. So good for them. Good for them. So they are starting off. I would say pretty strong. They're they're uh, starting off with "Hey Jealousy," and that is by the, absolutely one that the room will screech to a halt and everyone will sing along. Yeah, and it it, it well it just kicks right in. So right. you get that ba 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 and it's like you're just. It's crushing pretty much from the drop, right? And Jim Blossoms are are pretty, pretty a pretty solid choice. And that was, you know, I mean, that's my favorite. I, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's it's one of my top three favorite Jim Blossom right. songs, right? And um, they are pretty much um, coming out pretty strong. And they, I think they're kind of, I don't know if they're necessarily doing a W like you are, but I they're don't definitely see a w. there's some dips. I'm, yes, I'm, I'm seeing some dips. Yes. Yes. So they're gonna they they come out strong with Hey Jealousy. They come out with Good. I don't know if you remember that one. I don't. Oh, wow, it was good. Oh, Man, right, 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 right. Yeah. The only problem with working on '90s sets is that it was my dark era. I was way down a classic rock hole in the '90s, yeah, and so whatever. I am not as conversant as some other eras. So we go from Hey Jealousy to Good, and then Plush, which kind of drops it down a little bit. Yep. It's kind of a halftime kind of feel. Yep. And then we ricochet into Santeria. Yep. Now I will say this: I hold Santeria until later in the night. Okay. Um, if you play Santeria when the place is well lubricated, it is a scream along. It is. Um, doing it fourth out is, I don't know, feels like you're, feels like you might be spending it early. 
when we do it, I um I intentionally don't play the guitar solo. I sing it mm. huh, because I think it. I think it's got it's got one of those. Yeah, it's got a it's got a bit of a an iconic melody. So I do. It's just kind of a fun one. Yeah. So that's what we do. Um, and talk about ricochet. So you go from uh. Santeria into basket case. Yes. Which, you know, we're going back up. We're back up. And then, and then we're dropping back down to I alone. So high energy, low energy, cumbersome, far behind. Those are all down. Yep. And Black back. Sitta coming back up. Yep. In Bloom kind of being in the middle. One of, uh, probably my favorite Nirvana tune. Yeah. Um, then going into Inside Out, Eve Six, Machine Head, sex type thing, all kind of like mid tempo. Yeah. Cherub Rock, um, pretty heavy, plowed, real heavy, and then dropping it down a little bit with Shine, which is a collective soul. Mm-hmm. Drop down also kind of in that same one with uh, Shimmer by uh, Fuel, and then rounding it out with Are You Gonna Go My Way, Lenny Kravitz, Tomorrow, which I believe is Silver Chair. That's just me guessing. Um, and then the last two songs are Alive by Pearl Jam and then Wood by Alice in Chains. So... I kind of get that. You're kind of, well, I mean, you're ending on would the, it's, you're ending on a question, which is yeah. pretty bold. Yeah. If I would, could you, and then you leave. <laughs> Bye. And you leave, the, and the audience is like, would I? I don't know. If I could, would? I don't know. Yeah. I think, I mean, the thing that I'd say looking over the set list is in general, it covers, it covers a lot of ground. And I think it's, um, you know, being done by the, most faithful 90s cover band. I, I trust it's covering it well. Um, I do think the energy is a little bit scattered. Yeah. I think I would try gathering them into more um, sort of clear movements. Yeah. Just as an experiment. You know, I would I would just, um, you know, Adam, 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 if you're listening. Other Adam, not you. Yes, Mr. Reynolds. Yeah. Um, just consider sort of batching them into something that has an up and down shape that can take you know happens over more than two or three songs um, yeah because i think part, part of the theory here is that people want that high energy they engage with that high energy but you'll wear them out if you keep there the whole night so you can't do that the whole you couldn't do that the whole night i don't know, maybe you could i i, mean, I, I could you could i get, i'm old um i'm one of those old <laughs> white guys who knows what rock and yeah. roll is um, and rock and roll has breaks man um so you got to give the room a break they can't you know their ears aren't up for a full pounding for three hours um, and so you play some, we, we, we call them thinkers. Okay. Right. Thinkers. Now, what would you define, um, as a thinker? Um, well, it's still gotta be a really great cover. It's still gotta be a song that has strong nostalgia factor. People recognize it immediately. Maybe you want to sing along, but it's not a dancer. It's mid tempo. It's, um, uh, maybe a little, maybe a little, um, on the corny side, you know, the clanky Lincolns has sort of an edge of corn and it's, brand um we recently added uh down under all right which we play with a track and it's people love it and i was surprised because it seems like a really cheesy song to cover but it's it's really great and and i do um what's his name's voice on it um colin hay right i i I mimic him and we we nail the harmonies in the chorus and it's really good but nobody's dancing to it and it's but everybody's kind of bobbing along and enjoying it. I think it's the bob along and enjoyers. You got to yeah. get, you know, got to find a good way to get them in. Um, you know, 
things like that to, to build a shape to a set that tells a story and doesn't just hit back off, hit back off, hit back off, rest like kind of a smoothly up to a big hit and then pull it back and then come up and end hard. Yeah. Um, I would, uh, I would suggest, uh, who can it be now? If we're if we're dealing with men without hats, also that good. one has always been a really good one. Also good, even without a sax, you could you could facsimilate that with a yep. like guitar. Yeah, yeah. And you know, from us, we kind of do things a little bit differently. We we don't do. I wouldn't say we do a W. Um, we tend to we tend to try to build, but what we will do is we will try and group things together. We will we'll do you know medleys or sure. You know, transitionless songs by tempo. Yep. But like we as a group don't have down songs per se, unless we're doing something that's, you know, like a wedding or something that requires us to like really slow down. Like, you know, we can do time after time or we could do like true by Spandau ballet or, you know, some of the slower things, Mm -hmm. but we typically don't. It's one of those, like we, and if we do, we kind of make it kind of jokey. Like, all right, all right guys, it's a couples only skate, you know, kind of like make it, a bit of a, you know, we, we tend to draw attention to the fact that, Hey, here's something we don't normally do. Right. We try to keep it, you know, kind of mid tempo. Our, our goal is, you know, to make girls dance. So totally. Well, yeah. Our only slow dance in a normal night is purple rain. Right. Um, and that's and we, plenty. And we don't play purple rain at all. Right. Even as an eighties band, we, our two main Prince tunes are kiss and, um, let's go crazy, which is what we typically uh, start our second set with. Right. Right. Which is a great opener because of that preacher piece yep. at the beginning of it. Yeah. 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 And we do the whole, that whole shebang. Yeah. We do 1999 as part of a dance medley. Um, I come out of <sighs> superstition. Yeah. Into 1999, into long train running. Now, interestingly enough, um, you were talking about, you know, kind of doing print songs and like in, in transitions and things like that. Um, I saw a video of Maroon 5, of all bands, doing a medley where they went from Sir Duke hmm. into um, into I Want to Be Your Lover by Prince. Nice. So it was like, you know, doing the whole riff, the do 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 And at the end, it was like, ba-do-do-do-do-do, ba-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do
configuration, they could still add some stuff that would be a bit more, add a bit more variety. So that's, I, I think so too. I think so too. Also, now, I, mean, I appreciate there's, there's one last thing I, with, with Adam, I just want to appreciate that he opened the uh, message with what's up undercover mothers. Um, <laughs> that's all I've got there. That's good. Okay. I'm done. That's good. Um, the other thing, um, I mean, it's absolutely valid to have 90s rock grunge be your brand. Yep. Right? Um, so I don't want to take that away if that's really where he's focused. Um, but if not, there's 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 ground to take in terms of other, you know, territory. For sure. For sure. So beyond that, um, I also want to do just real quick, give a shout out to... Um, Brian Langevin, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, of Mercy in Maine, who did uh, set up, his, who sent us his stuff. Um, his situation is they're they're kind of an acoustic trio. So um, while they are doing really fantastic um, tunes, there just wasn't necessarily a through line for us to compare him again. They're, he's kind of in Seth's um, wheelhouse, um, where they've just got some really really fun selections. Um, that we couldn't necessarily compare to others. Yeah, I really want to hear their acoustic, like Clint Eastwood and Can't Feel My Face. I was going <laughs> to say, sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, they also do Pepper by Butthole Surfers, which is <laughs> right, you know, right, right, right. So I'm, I'm definitely, you guys definitely, uh, I, I will, I will shout you guys from the rooftops. Check out Mercy in Maine uh, if you're ever in their area. But uh, we just didn't have a good uh, comparison That's for those good. guys. I, I also do uh, One by U2 acoustic. It's fun. Yeah, no, it's a good one. Definitely a good one. Um, so let's move up to our buddy, Jason. Uh, it looks like Jason is in a band called the white Bronco band. Cool. Like white Bronco, like OJ. Got it. Yeah. Just take it. It's a thinker. I was on, I was on, um, um, if you want to ride, ride the white horse, but no, I don't think that's it. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's it. It's mobiles only nineties rock tribute. According to, according to them. Right on. If I'm doing it right. And I think I am. So, Rocco, um, their configuration is that they're a 90s tribute with two male uh, vocalists and a female vocalist. And so they're going to open themselves up to a bit more material because they've got a female voice. But let's just take a look at what they are doing. So they're starting off, you know, talking about... The, we're looking at this. Uh, this is kind of more in, in our kind of realm. Uh, as far as energy level goes, they come out with all the small things, which um, when we're doing the 90s thing, actually end with all the small things. So they mm. were really ready to, you know. A lot of times closers it. are also good openers. That yep, is the thing. For sure. Um, so all the small things uh, going into Just a Girl by No Doubt, Run Around, uh, Blues Traveler, I'm the Only One. Have you ever so, seen anyone cover that and do the harmonica? No. I'm interested. I, I'm, yeah. I'm going to challenge Justin to it. He plays harmonica. and um, We were chatting about it the other day while gig hunting, and he implied that it wasn't that hard. So I'm... <laughs> it's that sounds to me like a challenge sense, accepted. <laughs> yeah, in the sense that you can definitely buy a harmonica in the right key for that song. Yes. But can you do it in a way that sounds musical? I think that's something else yeah. to kind of figure out. Yeah. So... Um, so the first three songs are kind of coming out pretty hot. Now they drop you a little bit with I'm the only one. They're doing some um, Melissa Etheridge um, and then um, push, which I believe if I'm correct is going to be some matchbox 20. Yeah. So they kind of drop you after the first three coming back up with uh, bitch and Santeria 
And then it looks like they've got these kind of in chunks. So those one, two, three, four, five, six, seven songs are in one chunk. And then I have seven more. Um, the next set is All For You, which uh, my guess would be Sister Hazel, which mm-hmm. is kind of a mid-tempo acoustic kind of pop thing. Okay. Ironic, which would be Alanis Morissette, Two yep. Princes, uh, Hard to Handle, No Rain, and Big Me. So that's kind of a, I, I like that chunk. Me too. A it's, lot. it's pretty rocky. Well, it, it's, but it, it is, it's kind of like a, it, this is like their mid-tempo kind of fun, dancey yeah. tunes, yeah. other than No Rain kind of being lower in that one. Right. Now, in this this chunk is 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 a real is really something. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when I come around, Green Day. Yep. Followed by a whole new world from the Aladdin soundtrack. Yeah, he did make a note in his email that is from the Aladdin soundtrack. Yeah. So I can I can definitely dig that into stay. With uh, you know Lisa Loeb. Yeah. One week. Which. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is a total aside, but if you ever get bored, go on to, uh, YouTube and look up one week, but it's only, it's been, um, and it's, somebody went and took the line, it's been, and then they made the entire song after, with those samples. (laughs) It's, it's really something. I'm sure. Uh, into Kryptonite, which I think, are we... Uh, is that 99? I don't know. I have to look that up. I'm this is this is this is where I just I can't. I I just can't even. This is where I get really, you know, really really annoying. <laughs> I'm like is that really? Oh, see it was released in 2000. Uh, see, but that means it was written in 99. Yeah, 1990-10 is what we would call there that. There you go. There you go. Uh into Black Velvet, dropping it down a little bit. What I got, kind of lower. Friends in Low Places, which is a total no-brainer, especially where they are if they're in Alabama. Right um, right where I need to be, which is a tune that I'm... Uh, you'll have to forgive me. I'm actually not familiar yeah, with. Do you I know that one? I don't know it. Well, let's do this right... This is Google. Here. We got the Googles at our fingers. Yeah. But I will say, generally, this set, this, this chunk anyway, starts Ooh, Okay, hot. that's why. It appears that uh, right where I need to be is uh, a country tune by a guy named Gary Allen, ah. um, which makes sense why I wouldn't necessarily there you know. Go. It. There you go. So there you go. So they're doing a li- just a just a little a little kind of segue of '90s country. Now I'll tell you this: just a shout out to another band. Uh, there's a band in our area called Mustache the Band, which is a mid, which is a '90s country tribute. Hmm. So they do nothing but '90s country, and they are going over like gangbusters. God, I'm sure. I'm sure it's going over crazy. Um, all right, next chunk of tunes. We got 3 a.m. So more uh, Matchbox 20 here and now, which I believe I don't know if that's right here, right now, like Jesus Jones, yeah, or is either. it here and now, like like right now, like Van Halen here and now? Let's see. Here and now, song '90s. Ah, no, letters to Cleo. Here and now. Oh, so there, there you go. I should have known that because the female singer sings it. Um, I'm gonna plead ignorance. Yeah, no, I, I didn't know that tune. So good on them. They're they're definitely outside of you know. And then, memory remains. Is that the memory remains? Like the Metallica tune from Load? Is that what that is? Let's see. This is fun. I'm. I'm. It I'm is, and and well, this. and here's here's what I love about it. it um, 
listening to this band is going to be fun because they're going to be pulling out these things yeah. that you're like, oh, I love that. Song. Oh, man, I can't remember the last time I heard it's, this. Uh, that is the experience that I want people to have as they're listening to right. us, you know? So it does appear that they do go from Letters to Cleo to Metallica. Awesome. Which is something. Uh, Semi-Charm Life into What's Up, Four Non Blonde. She talks to angels. Right. So we're seeing some overlap on some of these tunes. We are. Um, we are. And I'll say that there. that little three threesome right there, Semi-Charm Life, What's Up, She Talks to Angels, is going to be a... You know, it's it, it's a it's a it's a, a nod to people like me who are not deep in '90s material, but boy, I sure know all those three tunes. Yeah, and I think that like this to me feels like the um, sidle up to your um, to whoever you're with and like drink beer and sway. Mm-hmm. That seems like that's the the section to do that. Yeah, well, everybody sings along with Cemetery in Life. That was a, well, and what's up too? Also a singer along. Yeah, the hey yeah 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 yeah. And then the last chunk. Which to me, if I were kind of choosing, would be a little more towards the front, mm-hmm. and and it, it is a lot of the stuff that the um, the Adams Group was doing towards the front. Um, if you could only see by tonic, counting blue cars, dishwalla, five hundred miles, the Proclaimers, give me one reason. Do some Tracy Chapman, and then hey, jealousy, creep, and basket case. Yep. So they're going to end on the big one. Yep. And we're sort of in nineties canon here. This is this yeah. is we're back into main you know big release stuff. But yeah, I, I think they, I think they are kind of taking on what you're doing as well, which is, you know, kind of there, there, there are some dips, mm-hmm. but um, I feel like their dips are less dramatic, and I feel like they, they tend to kind of, if they go into a lane, they stay there for a little bit. Yes, I think that would be what I would, how I would describe that. I think so too. So I would say I think, I think what um, what they're doing is uh, is awesome. I, I definitely. If if I were putting that set together, I would maybe s- switch some things around. I would tend to kind of do where you're you t- you kind of talk about doing things in like a W shape. I'm more of like a I, I'm more of like a, a general kind of wedge shape with maybe some occasional dips. But it essentially I grows. Want, it basically I, feeds yes, to I the want end. I want my set list energy level to match what I hope my stock portfolio is doing, ah. <laughs> which is general uh, increases over time with occasional dips due to market fluctuations. That's what I, that's what I'm hoping for. And in my case, market fluctuations are going to be bathroom breaks and uh, beer runs. <laughs> that's right. That's what I'm taking for. I like it. So I didn't get to necessarily participate. So let me let me um, look up. I'm gonna I'm gonna hop on a band helper right now and go through. Um, the tunes we did for uh, Vankman's at least. Cool. So in our case, we opened up with Footloose because that was a request for the um, the host because she wanted to end the show with "Let's Dance" like the movie. So we opened up with Footloose, and then we went back into kind of our normal um, deal, which was "Video Killed the Radio Star," which is what we typically start with mm-hmm. because we're an '80s band, and "Video Killed the Radio Star" is the first song ever played on MTV, so that's what we typically open with. Uh, Africa, because of course, of course. Um, we tend to do that towards the front third. That one's a little early than w- what we would normally do. Things can only better Howard Jones, um, which you don't think you know that song, but you do. Oh, I know um, it. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, yeah. That's the that's that's the part that everybody knows because you're like, we're gonna play some Howard Jones. Like, wait, what? <laughs> Unless you go, might have opened the door, or whoa, 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 and they're like, oh, okay, never mind. I know that. I know what you're talking about. Uh, just what I needed. The cars, kiss. Of course, we got the beat. Go goes. Uh, Tainted Love into Always Something There to Remind Me, because uh, those are both the same tempo. Right. Heaven is a Place on Earth, I Melt With You, I Think We're Alone Now, Take On Me, gives me enough time to warm up to hit the high notes. Mm-hmm. 
uh, walk like an Egyptian. And what we're trying to do is kind of flip flop between me and uh, me and Amber. That is another concern is you're, if you if you have more than one vocalist sharing it around or getting it back and forth, yeah. that's another thing to have in your mind as you put this together. Yeah. So uh, walk like an Egyptian into Don't You Want Me, which is a duet. Centerfold, Hit Me With The Best Shot. The Look, another uh, duet. Mm-hmm. Let's go crazy. Don't you forget about me. Jesse's girl, summer of 69, power of love, hungry like the wolf. And then we do that into shut up and dance with me by walk the moon because they both match the same kind of um, vibe and tempo. Take me home tonight. Shadows of the night by Pat Benatar sledgehammer into I love rock and roll, which oddly enough are the same tempo, but very, very different tunes, but people love that combo. Your love living on a prayer pour some sugar on me. Don't stop believing. We always end when don't stop believing. There's just nothing. We can't get around it. Right. It is what it is. Right. Speaking of, just to just to because you mentioned it, um, yeah. In the karaoke, I explicitly do not have a no repeats policy. Yes. If you want to do the same one that somebody else just did, so that's on you. It's fine. I'll play it. Sure. I I did. Don't stop believing. I think five times two weeks ago, and I almost instituted a no fifth time policy. <laughs> it was it was yeah. a lot. It was a lot. Feels like a lot. That's a good set. I like it. It uh, it definitely it definitely does what you said. It definitely builds pretty steadily. Yeah, I mean, and in our case, that was a that was a one one done set. That wasn't you know we weren't trying to um, we so, weren't trying to kind of take anybody on a journey. We had already gotten a um a, a crowd that had been in there for a while and were ready to do something other than just stand around. Right. So we were very very much prepared to just, you know, yep. all killer, no, no Yeah, you came out strong. You give it just your best stuff. Yep. Totally. And, you know, with, with some of these other ones, you know, we're, we're going to be a bit more, um, we'll kind of take you on a bit, on a bit of a journey. Um, so yeah, this one was, uh, you know, the, the thing we did the next night, uh, was a bit different. And, um, our, what we're doing now is, um, I, I have, sent the set list uh creation over to our drummer um that is now his responsibility it's nice. one last thing on my plate very good so it's still kind of something we're figuring out and you know it's a learning process and, and we'll get there and i oh, like and i think it will be for life it sure yeah. still is for me even though i have a theory well and it, it made it, it was cool because he was doing things that i wouldn't have done but like worked really well because i mean you know the whole thing about this 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 group is that we're seeing things from a completely different perspective and seeing what works for other people which feels great and we can kind of take this information on and you know maybe this was this wasn't useful for for everybody but for some people it was kind of helpful to kind of hear us talk about it and maybe this is something that we we do every now and then you know dan and i've been kind of trying to figure out um some programming ideas and maybe we do every once a month or every six weeks, we do a, um, a set list doctor, uh, session. Sure. Or if you wanted us to do this, you know, and not call you out by name, uh, in public, uh, you could always email us at coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. We do, um, private consulting and coaching and that kind of thing. If that is something you're interested in, um, just hit us up and, uh, let us know if that's something you want us to do. Or if you're in the Facebook group and you liked this episode, uh, give us a heads up. Give us, let us know what you think, and um, maybe we'll do it again. Feedback steers the boat. Indeed. And we're just doing what we can do. And, um, you know, I did change the uh, the group to now officially. Uh, yeah. I did put official, which I thought was kind of annoying, but um, well, I it, wanted to. It is, to, though. It's official. It is. Yeah. 
it is official. We're the only ones, and um, ex- we don't want you to accept any substitutes. But mainly, you know, there are people in the group that don't listen to the podcast, and there are people in the podcast who listen to the podcast who aren't in the group. And I'd really like to, um, you know, kind of meld those two together. Um, Instagram, we have we're we're like just under two thousand followers. Boom. Those people are not necessarily hitting us up on other channels. So the more we can consolidate and get everybody listening, that would be great. So continue to share with your friends and all of that good stuff. And um, we're just having fun. I really, you know, I wake up every morning and I check our numbers and it was like, what can we do today to, you know, add value? Um, personally, I wake up every morning from the long clocks warning, take that 815 to the city, but that's just me probably. <sighs> oh, I thought you were going to do it in the long, the alarm gets off and warning, and I don't think I'll ever make it on time. Mm. Mm. Only some mornings. It's all right. Yeah. Anywho, cheesy uh, song lyrics aside, uh, we are glad that you have chosen to waste 45 minutes to an hour with us every week. We sure do appreciate it. And hopefully you got something out of this. Uh, Feel free to share with others and um, give us feedback in the Facebook group or hit us up via email or consider supporting us on Patreon. Maybe we'd have, um, you know, better content. Who knows? (laughs) Anywho, I'll go and call for this week from Atlanta, Georgia. I am Adam Johnson. From Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm Dan Ray. You have been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, episode 84. Have a great week.